0: From Trimble Construction, you're listening to The Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now, here's your host, Matt Sprague.
1: Hello and welcome to The Connected Construction Show. I'm your host, Matt Sprague. Very excited to have everybody uh, tune in on whatever device you're on. Uh, also, extremely excited to have our guest this week, Britton Lawson from Vite and Company. Uh, Britton, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited uh, excited for the conversation.
1: Yeah, I've I've been looking forward to it. I think we met uh, maybe like a month or so ago, and uh, been been planning out this conversation. So excited to to, to dive right into it. So. Um, off the bat, tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, who Vite Company is, uh, and what your passions are, especially within uh, construction.
0: Yeah, I started out, uh, I mean, I, I always joke around that I always made my sandbox a little bit bigger. So I've always had a passion for heavy equipment and all things construction. So um, I went to school for heavy equipment operation and uh, became an operator with a local construction company. Um, and after working with that company for a while, I, I, I followed up with my my heavy equipment instructor at, at school and he showed me a, a GPS video and it just basically took my, um, my, my career path down a whole different uh, avenue. It was kind of that fork in the road that we always talk about, right? So... Um, you know, throughout that, I, I became the champion of, of GPS for for some of these companies, and um, but it led me into some supervisor positions and on boots on the ground, building projects, um, foreman, supervisor, general superintendent. So it's kind of give me a u- unique background, if you will. And um, I would say my passion for for construction has always stayed, you know, and and heavy equipment, all things heavy equipment, and now it's it's coupled with with technology, right? So my my wife has kind of coined my um, um, Unofficial title as a technology nerd, equipment enthusiast. So I think it fits me fairly well. So, uh, but it has landed me to Vite and Company here, where I work under the operations umbrella. So um, I work with our fleet management group. I oversee our uh, our GPS group as well, um, and then I also just work in the the business intelligence side of things too. Just that that internal that advocate for for technology. So it's been a good run. It's fun. It's
1: awesome. So now um, you you've taken. That um, technology nerd and embraced it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about you know so people can find you or or at least your persona on uh, technology underscore sandbox on Instagram. So talk to us about how you started that and what's that what that's all about.
0: Yeah, you know I I think it was probably about five six years ago I started a uh, a technology um, account essentially construction technology so it was just to provide awareness. Uh, I like taking pictures. I was out taking pictures on job sites and everything I, I would um, talk about, like people would say, you've got the coolest job. You guys do the coolest stuff as far as the automation of equipment and things like that. And I just wanted to share that with people. And um, so I just started started posting a few pictures and it blew up into something I never even imagined. So um, anytime we can help people and, and show awareness to what's available, how we can use a product better, um, you know, gain knowledge and experience from other people on on social media, I think it's been a huge, huge um, advantage. It's been a huge, um, uh, it's just been great to be a part of that community and and learning from other people and and being able to help other people at the same time. So uh, yeah, it's been fun.
1: Now, I, I And I, I appreciate you and people like you that do that. My wife, always she'll she'll come and look over my shoulder as I'm scrolling on Instagram. And she also is just like, you are a total nerd. Like, she oh, yeah. you know, ex- expects something about sports or something along the lines of that. And it's just construction after construction after construction. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, my feed is all construction, heavy equipment, all of the above. So it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's what I look at in my, my, my time away. And it's I enjoy coming to work every day. I'm one of the lucky few that uh, enjoys going to work and everything that we do every day—it's—it's yeah. it's different. So,
1: that's the name of the game, right? Yeah. So, so um, in terms of technologies and, and and the fact that you're 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 following these, you're promoting them and whatnot. So, what are some of the new technologies that you're you're checking out right now? Whether it's personally uh, or if it's specifically something uh, within Vite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many new things and and my umbrella is all the way from the field, you know, to the office and and everything in between and and fleet management. Our current initiative right now at Vite is to find a small tools, consumable tracking software, something that gets us off paper, something that streamlines the billing, um, something that helps us just um, keep do a better job of managing all of our small tools. The amount that we buy the amount that we have um the the, the maintenance on them things like that so that's going kind of, uh should be a huge time saver should be a huge um should give us a huge roi just giving us more transparency on that so that's kind of our, our main focus but you know there's just so many things out there and how do they fit into the business um you know everybody's kind of trying to do that same thing of um that that field to office and just that complete solution and um, you know, and then you have some other things sprinkled in there of of augmented reality, which has always been fascinating, right? You can you can take a, a real life picture and then put a digital model over it and actually get a, a just a, a frame of reference or something. Um, for that job site in in real time I think is, is is a huge one but how does it fit into the business is is more of the, the challenges as far as how do you you implement it right so um, those are always fun ones um, scanning spot the dog is always fun to watch so uh, that Boston dynamics has out and all the payloads that are available with that so it's it's there's there's something always new out there So when it
1: comes to the the asset and fleet management, so this just kind of came to my mind. And so maybe maybe this is a really simple answer, but you mentioned augmented reality. Is augmented reality utilized for asset and fleet management, or could you see it being utilized?
0: Um, That'd be challenging. Um, I mean, you know, assets, if you had a larger yard, you could use, I don't know if you could use augmented reality. Um, I guess I hadn't thought about it much, to be honest with you, but... I mean, anytime you can you couple technologies, I mean, it's 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 exciting, right? So
1: yeah, um, well, I figure like maybe it's more of of object recognition rather than rather than someone wearing something and having yeah, you're right. I don't see where there would be that that connect. But in terms of 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 um, job site cameras and utilizing that for object recognition and tracking and that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, even like in some of our yards, understanding what's in our yards um, as far as tooling, foundation tooling or any of our demo tooling, um, you know, just being able to take that inventory. Um, we've got uh, I-beams, lagging boards, things like that up in a, in a yard and be able to, to take a, an inventory without having somebody out there, you know, whether it be with Spot the Dog or, you know, some sort of um, – you know, automated process there that could give us a real time inventory of what's coming in and out of yards without having somebody to physically check it in or check it out. So um, I think there's all sorts of of, um, opportunity there for sure. So, I love it.
1: So what, what are currently like your biggest challenges within asset and fleet management?
0: Um, data, I think, would be the biggest thing, um, you know, just having streamlined data uh, that's available to us at uh, at the click of a button, being able to get that data out, um, and then the accuracy of the data, um, whether it be meter hours, whether it be costs, whether it be, you know, where the costs are, what system they're in. Um, you've got parts and labor in separate systems, potentially, you know, on a fleet management software. Uh, You're bringing in your labor and then, you know, porting it over to a, to an ERP, Um you know, and that, you know, just trying to organize that and then making decisions on it. And so trying to make those decisions off of, you know, changing your culture, changing your mindset in terms of um, what uh, what you've always done, right? Your historical, your culture, what you're used to, your comfort zone of what you know. Um, and as you scale to be able to use those numbers to make actionable decisions on and, you know, to make you more profitable, make you more efficient, you know, and all the outside um, variables that are coming in to, to. Um, change that, that uh, the projectile, projectile of that path, right? You know, so that's... And then like second being um, trusting the data, trusting that, you know, the data is accurate, that you put it in there and that you, you don't have to go back and run a second report to compare this report, um, you know, that everything's there and, and it's easy, easily accessible. Once the data gets in there, you gotta be able to get it out so you can make decisions on the data and see the trends on it. And I think putting it in those dashboards or those visualizations, depending on what way you're used to seeing it, right? So if you, you know, some people are used to looking at grids and spreadsheets and numbers. Um, Some people like myself are easier, would would rather look at a chart, a colored chart that kind of give you, you know, snippets that you can drill down on. So um, those are some of the challenges. Um, And as we work through them, I think everybody kind of starts to see and find their way. And then starts to contribute on those things as we as we keep that trans that that conversation open.
1: So at at Vite, so at, I have you cracked the nut in terms of being able to utilize the the data, or is it still siloed, like you said, and not necessarily impossible, but challenging in
0: order to utilize? We are how about we are cracking the nut?
1: <laughs> um, so <laughs>
0: in, we in have the process. Not, Fair enough. Yeah, we we have not found the uh, the nut inside, but we have got a good uh, a, a good break in it. Let's just say that we yes. Yeah, so over the last two years, we've we've had initiatives, and obviously, the first thing that we found was that our data was inaccurate. Um, it was inconsistent. I shouldn't say it was inaccurate; it was just inconsistent. So, you know, with that, we've tried to shore up some of that data. We've started to put policies and procedures in place to be able to make sure that that, that data was more accurate. Um, and then starting to put tools in the toolbox to be able to pull that data out. So um, we're in a good spot and in a good trajectory now to to really start pulling some of that data out and making decisions on it. So, so what what were the the
1: what are the causes of the inaccurate da- data? cuz I'm sure so, so I'm sure our listeners probably have some of the same same issues. So if that's yeah. part of if that's part of the nut that you've cracked, would you yeah, want to share Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's a, like for instance, it's it's meter hours for instance. Um, you know, we want to get meter hours accurate. So, um, the previous process was it would come in on a napkin, it would come in on an email, text message. So we have a system now that um, you know, we can do it through, through our, our job tracking system. We'll be able to get our meter hours in. Um, we've opened up uh, APIs or, or uh, telematics connections to feed our softwares automatically. So we're getting more consistent data. So that we can stay on top of all of our preventative maintenance. Fairly minuscule things, but that gets into equipment life. So now you can start to see, you know, how many hours are on a piece of equipment on a, at a certain time timeframe, um, years, if you will. So now you can start to see the average hours of, that you're putting on a year. Um, based off of those meter readings. So, you know, there's, there's things that we can, we've, we've taken advantage of in our fleet maintenance software, as we are closing out work orders, requiring um, meter readings. Um, we've got somebody, we put somebody in, and they champion that. And I think that's the biggest thing is there's kind of a, a, a data gatekeeper, if you will, just to assure that we're we're getting um, our, meet, the readings that we, we need on a, on a, on a regular basis. So.
1: Interesting. So so there's a there's an element of getting everybody at Vite to um, to adopt these new yep. policies and procedures. So in terms of like, so forget about the, the 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 inaccurate or accuracy of data, but just in general, in terms of technology, if just in your experience, um, w- w- what has been uh, the the adoption challenges within 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 companies that you've worked for? It-
0: you know, first off, the, the adoption, like, how is this going to change my process? They look at any change as this is going to make more work for me, right? Um, and and if you can take the time and, they, they you know, there's people's days are so tight and so packed with the, the project or the, the, the work that they're doing that um, they don't have time to kind of learn it, right? So if they take that extra time to change their habits, it's going to save them time, but they don't want to get out of that, right? But then once they kind of get into the software, say they get over that hump where they're going to start learning it, um, they're going to get into a point where they're afraid to break it, right? So they don't want to explore in the software. They don't want to move things around. Um, they don't want to click on this because they don't know what's going to happen. But you got to understand that a lot of these softwares are designed so that you can't break them, right? And then, you know, the, the backup with that is support. So if you if they have somebody, i found that if they have somebody that they know that they can call and get them out of a bind, you know, and, and a lot of it comes down to immediate gratification, they want to be able to call and they want you to be able to answer, right? So there's companies out there that have phenomenal support, but that's a big thing that we vet out early on is the support of the company, right? You know, we ask the questions, we'll we'll call the support lines and see, you know, how fast they're answering. Um, But even internally, somebody that they can talk to that they can call you know out in the field they can call me in the office or 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 whomever that basically champions that software and and you can walk them through it on the phone you can do a teams meeting you can do you know whatever it may be or they can even stop by and you can do a, a training session i think is the has is the biggest hurdle for adoption in terms of getting people to just buy in and show them the value that this is actually going to save you time it's not going to waste waste time so
1: yeah i remember geez, this was, was this ages ago? It wasn't even a construction, but I, I remember it was a, uh, indoor athletic facility that I tried to pro I, 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 I was working at it and I said, here's an automated scheduling software for you. But, and it was the, and it was like violently, like we're staying with spreadsheets and and it it was that because the first go around was going to take a little extra. Yep, and they couldn't they couldn't see past it and whatnot. So it's all about trying to get them to see past the initial investment, uh, whether it being uh, monetary or or time.
0: Yeah, and I find that you know, like a lot of times you see a new software like it's going to be shot down basically nine out of ten times right away. And I found it's uh, it's all about planting seeds and watering them along the way, and getting buy-in along the way to start saying like, hey, this is a problem. Here's a solution for it. You know. Oh, uh, it's not a problem it's we don't need that whatever and you know 6 months later you're like hey here's a problem that still exists here's a solution they're like oh yeah you're not far off you know you know 2 years later you got to you're you're having conversations so it's it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint i would say especially when it comes to technology and especially when you've got a larger org- organization and i would say smaller organizations have an, have a little bit of an advantage um because they don't have that smaller, newer organizations. They don't have that tribal knowledge. They don't have those habits. They're still, they're, they're very nimble. They've got three people they got to convince or, or hold accountable or whatever it is. I mean, we've got 150 people that we've got to hold accountable and convince. Right. So it's like, you know, these smaller companies can get off on the right foot, do more work with less people and be more nimble and, and, and be successful in those spaces. So, um, yeah, it's it's just an interesting um, observation of kind of as you as you look at some of pe- some of the people that are are um, adopting some of the technology, So
1: Yeah, and, you know, figure also with a with a smaller organization, um, the 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 person with the expertise in the new technology internal um, yep. m- might just be a hey Sarah, like you know you just you know right over there. Yep. Where on a larger organization, especially if it's not all in one uh, one office. The nature of construction being actually out in the field and whatnot is having the internal infrastructure to support those, which I guess that's why you have a job right so you you're yeah the, right yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other part about it, like in a small company is you know typically you're wearing far more hats in a smaller company, so they understand the business, they understand all aspects of the business right now you know like you could get into, you know, the larger companies, the owners are, are IT, right. But they don't work in the business. They don't understand the business. They don't live in the software. So they're not, they're not the data keepers. They're not, you know, Hey, you could do this or this, this would help you next. Right. So those are the things that I think that, you know, get missed is is you need to have an, a champion within that group so that they're using it and they just have a yearn to learn. And they just have this curiosity of like, well, what if I did this? Or, you know, I could make my life easier here. And, and that's what it was, you know, three years ago when I got my position was it was just simple things of if we just check this box, it'll save you an hour, you know? So, and it's, and those are the easy wins and those are the fun wins, but now it's like, now you got to search a little bit more for the, the, the big ROIs. So
1: Now you have to actually work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You're like, Oh gosh. Yeah. So, So, um, with your position of, uh, director of construction technology. So what, what is, what has been, um, the greatest, like the greatest greatest, uh, technology that's been adopted that's had the greatest impact at Vite?
0: I would, I mean, I'm biased. I, my upbringing at Vite was in the survey group on, um, so I managed all of, our, I helped manage a lot of the, our hardware, built a lot of our models. Um, and so we're regional, um, you know, so trying to get the data out to the field was always a challenge, right? So we're, we've got we're home office out of Minnesota. So we got to go to North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa. So we're regional. We've got some jobs that we we also support in in the Southern States, Oklahoma we will chase clients. Um, But the the problem was always getting data to the field um, efficiently. um, And then even like with the addendums and changes in the jobs, getting that data as well, and then also getting the data back. So we adopted the connected workflow. It was probably six years ago. um, And it's, we kind of made our own bet on it. So basically what a connected workflow is all of our equipment is connected to the cloud. They all have modems on them. Um, all of our handheld data collectors, this is then talking machine control, uh, grade control side of things. Um, you know, they all, they're all they all connected to the internet. So we, what we do is we can publish, we can publish designs, we can transfer all of our data is going up to the cloud, and then it's coming back down to the machines and rovers um, as they need them for the field guys. So um it's become an expectation that, you know, a, a machine pulls up on a low boy and they can get a design that fast, right? We can just say, yep, add it to the job and off it goes. You know, so I say, I, I joke that we made our own bed in terms of, of this immediate gratification. Um, <laughs> and and even when we're forced to, you know, when, it, when a technology does fail of, of transferring the data or whether it's a um, cell service or something like that, You know we're so reliant on the technology that it's hard to do the original process of usb on the newer um, displays that we're using right now right because we're not just not used to that interface we're so reliant on the connected workflow that it's like it's, it's funny to say like, well, you know, the tried and true method, we're like, ooh, I don't know how to do that, <laughs> you know, so it's just, uh, you know, like the old systems that you, you can walk people through without even thinking about it while you're doing three other different things with the new system, you like, oh yeah, I haven't done that a whole lot, so um, we'll have to work through it, but uh, you know, so it's, it, it, it's good, it's bad, um, but it's also opened up a lot of doors in terms of um, you know, remote-based connections in terms of an internet-based connection, right? That's available in states. Uh, it's opened up mapping data to come back as we do as-built data. That can be come back real fast so that we can turn those things around. So, um, it it works fairly seamlessly, uh, and and everybody is comfortable with it. Um, and there's you know, in in some sense of the word for the field, there's not a lot of interaction. But um, I would say it's probably one of been one of the the greatest successes for us because we've been able to keep our survey group headcount down, and manage the regions that we do, and how we move equipment as well. So it's uh, um, I wouldn't want to live without that process. So
1: it all comes back to data again, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting that that uh, the the inst- instant gratification is that uh, it's kind of going one step further now. So like. Let's be honest. The the number one people want uh, get instant gratification is getting paid.
0: Yeah. Um, so yep. Now
1: what what we are we are being uh, engaged on is taking that same data flow for field data, yep. and and being able to compare that to the model for progress payments uh, in an automated work on an automated workflow. Yep. So so, so not, and not having to. I mean, I think the. Currently you can get the data, but then it yep. has to then be you know, usually brought back to the office or at least it's sent to the office who then takes it and puts it into whatever other system that, that can tabulate that information, whether it's hand, hand put in or you know, whatever it might be, t- take some time. Uh, but yeah. now the instant gratification is actually becoming even more that you can actually start to see your bank accounts being affected a lot quicker.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're doing with machine data. We're pulling all the machine data off so we can see real progress quantities. We can pull all of our drone data, things like that. But, I mean, you're 100% right. How do you get it into your ERP to to say, all right, we've moved this. We've got the the estimate from our job tracking software saying we've moved this many loads, which we equate to a yardage, right? So we can yep. say that we moved 8,000 yards today, right? But, like, how do you get that to the the client to say, here's our progress payment, pay us, right? Um, you know, and that's typically on a monthly pay, you know, monthly basis. So there will be okay. some challenges around that with like cost codes though, because you, you know, for instance, common excavation, you, you, you know, you may have your, your job spread out a couple ways, um, you know, or even topsoil. So you're, you're doing multiple things. And so how do you, how do you that dozer operator, how does they tell you what they're doing that day or what they're doing at that time to be able to have that automated workflow. So it's an, it's an interesting conversation that obviously is very, very real in the industry right now of, of how do we automate that? And here's some of the variables that we got to work through. Um, and I think that's one thing to look at technology is it's really easy to say, well, this won't work because, well, that won't work because we do this or this won't work, you know, so like, but there is a there is a very, very strong um, opportunity and, and solution for that. Right. But so how do we how do we solve that problem as we work through those workflows? So and I think that's one thing that you got to keep in mind when you're looking at technologies or introducing new technologies or or what it looks like in the future because things change right fast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um, it's always it's always about, you know, questioning the norm. Um, you know, I, I have some, some, some friends who, who own companies and I, I've told them, like, go, oh, if somebody, t- if, if you can ask the question, why do you do it that way? And the answer is, well, cause it's always the way it's been done. Then yep. It doesn't necessarily mean it's not the right way to do still, but right. you should, you, you, there should be some periodic investigation to make sure that that still is the most efficient way of doing it.
0: I um, think the, the most, uh, humbling uh experience is when you have, have to document your processes and then you look at your process and you're like, We do that. That's a lot of steps. So you're like <laughs> it seems fast, but like you gotta explain it to somebody if you got to onboard and you're like, well oh, we do this, this and this. And they go, Well, why do you do that? because we've always done it that way. So um, sometimes just documenting and documenting your process is good to have so that you can hand it off when you're on board, but also it it, it holds you accountable um, and kind of gives you a different perspective looking back of like, ooh, if we cut this step out, we could save a lot of time. So,
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, so
1: let's kind of go to future thinking for a second. Um, So what piece of construction tech that does not exist um, yet – um, that that you can't wait for someone to put out there. Can you invent something right <sighs> now, Britton?
0: <laughs> no, I can't invent a piece of harder. but what I will say, well, I mean, to our conversation. Some, can you invent a yeah,
1: concept?
0: Something that identifies soils, um, something that, and then also underground utilities. If you could invent, um, how do we can prevent hitting underground utilities without having a map? Um, accurately, that would mm-hmm. save lives. It would save a lot of money and it would speed projects up significantly. Um, and the last thing would be just one software that integrates with everything. No questions asked. Yep. We'll take it all. So just put it smooth all together. Those work. Yep. Smooth those workflows. You want to use this one? Like you guys are really good at doing this. So we're not going to, you don't try and create something. Cause they're really good at doing that and put them together. Right. So, yeah. Those are my yeah,
1: well, I feel like the, the vision is, um, you know, it's around, you know, shared APIs and it's not about products but workflows, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's so therefore you're just like, I need to go to a marketplace for whatever, something as simple as an RFI process, I should say. Yeah. Simple. Like, but, right. you know, you can be like, okay, there, I got my RFI process. I don't have to go to XYZ company to get it. It's just that. Yeah, but um, uh, the underground utilities piece that was interesting. I was in a conversation a year ago, and yeah. I'd be curious. And and it was, I mean, it it, it was a, a one hour exploration. So I don't know if this is de- definitive. But the idea was, obviously, it was around the lead service line replacements for the for the bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, yeah. Around you know, obviously the one of the largest uh, or, or uh, challenges in that is to know where they are. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's not only to, to what you said in terms of, to know where all service lines are, but is that one lead? Right. Um, and you know, part of it, it's like, so the biggest cost is having to dig the darn thing up and be like, oh, nope, not lead. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, some sort of, 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 scanning mechanism or something that you can, you can determine not only is it there, but what is it made of?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that would be it, it's going to be a hard one to do to, to be able to even see that it's there and then um, identify it. I mean, you, there's ground penetrating radar, but that's picking up rocks and other things in the soils. Right. And then so you got to go back. There's there's human interaction involved in that. But yeah, I mean, that would be uh, we had an excavator operator that we joked back and forth Um He's like, well, if we can invent that, we wouldn't have to do this. I was like, yeah, you're right. But um, he kept that kept every time. Did you figure it out yet? I have not. <laughs> so.
1: Well, this has been awesome. This has been a great conversation. Um, we, we, we finish off every episode with um, a, a, a question that may or may not have anything to do with, with construction. So uh, the state that I live in, is New Hampshire and the New Hampshire motto is live free or die. It's one of the more, more, uh, well-known state mottos. Um, obviously coming back from, uh, revolutionary times, uh, general John Stark in terms of, if you really wanted to know, you can call me Cliff Clavin from cheers right now. Um, but my question to you is, is what, uh, uh, what motto do either you live by or what motto have you heard that, that really intrigues you?
0: I haven't heard a lot nothing comes to mind um, I, I, the, the first thing that comes to mind nothing that I've heard is just you know always be open to trying something new and and, and have that open mind. Um, I think that's something that is it gives you the ability to learn um, it always gives you the ability to try new things it gives you the ability to, to experience right so um, I'm always open to, to trying new things and having that uh, that mindset.
1: Nah, that's a that's a great outlook, uh, especially in the industry that we're in. Right, yeah. you gotta keep, gotta keep trying different things, and eventually we'll be able to figure out if that's lead underground or
0: not. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Britton, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, thank you to everybody who has tuned in to to listen to this conversation with the Connected Construction Show. Uh, until next time, stay connected.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at connectedconstructionshow.com.